Chapter 9 of The High-Hander by William Turner This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Five nights later, Tesno returned, riding into the town shortly before midnight. He dismounted wearily across the dark street from the Pink Lady and entered the Big Barrel, needing a drink before going on to the camp and getting Ben out of bed. The saloon was smaller than the Pink Lady and crowded. He found a place at the end of the bar, ordered cigars and whiskey, and was immediately joined by Willie, who had been in the street and had seen him arrive. Tesno poured a drink, sniffed it, tasted it. You're still wearing the badge, he said. I just delivered Mr. O'Hara back to the job, Willie said. He sure kept me busy. He left the job. He d does it every night, sneaks into town to wet his w whistle, he says. The first night you were away, he got soaked so good I had to take him b back in a wagon. Since then, I've been w watching for him and c catching him before he has more than a couple of b belts. I I've told every barkeeper in town not to s serve him, but most of them do when I'm not around. Hell of a thing, Tesno said. He bit off the end of a cigar and held a match to it. He wondered if Ben knew about Keefe's boozing. How you get in along with Madrid? he asked Willie. Just the same. He cl closed two more games. Madrid did? Willie nodded. He's smarter than I took him for, Tesno muttered. He's not going to let you be the big duck in the puddle. I th think Miss per Persia t told him to close those games, Willie said thoughtfully. Or it's Sam Lester. Madrid that doesn't t take a deep breath unless somebody tells him. Anyhow, he and Pinky had a meeting with Miss Persia and Lester the day after y you left. Stella told me. Who really calls the tune, Willie? Sam or Persia? What does Stella say about it? Willie frowned painfully. It seems like there's somebody else somebody who t tells them all what to do. Stella said that. She says there's somebody mysterious whose name is never mentioned when she's around. They c call him Mr. You-Know, or something like that. Sam Lester c contacts him, Stella thinks. Tesno found Ben sitting behind his desk in his nightshirt, sleepily staring at a paper covered with figures. When he saw Tesno, he snatched off his glasses and tipped back in his chair. You sure took your time. Is the news good or bad? Bad. Tesno sank into a chair. I telegraphed the boiler factory in Connecticut as soon as I got to Ellensburg. Your damned boiler still wasn't shipped yet. Ben looked as if he had been struck. He got slowly to his feet. Hadn't been shipped. I was on the telegraph for three days, getting it straightened out. It seems they had a wire a couple of weeks ago, signed with your name. It requested that they hold up shipment till they got further word from you. Ben leaned heavily on the table. For a moment, Tesno was afraid he was going to collapse. Then he thumped his fist on the table, began to swear, and they both felt better. Somebody deliberately tried to delay you. Ben, who would it be? How would I know? Jay? 
I don't know. I've heard he's shifty, but a stunt like that? If I could pin it on him, I could get him blacklisted by every railroad in the West. The message was sent from North Yakima, so I rode down there. The operator had the original copy. It was printed in block letters on plain paper. As he remembers, the man who brought it in was dressed like a rancher or a cowhand. Ben sank into a chair. He wagged his head sadly. Is that boiler on the way now? It is. It'll be at least two weeks before it gets across the country, Ben said. Then we've got to drag it up here from the end of track. Tesno extracted a thick fold of paper from his shirt pocket and began to open it up. Made a map of the supply road with the bad spots marked. There are a dozen places where we'll have to use block and tackle, Ben. I suppose we'll do well to make five miles a day, Ben said wearily, even with twenty horse teams. This is going to be your kettle of stew, Jack, from the time that boiler hits end of track till it's unloaded at the portal. Tesno walked back to the town through the heavy darkness of the forest road. Reaching the street and turning up the walk toward the hotel, he had a glimpse of the townhouse a hundred yards away. Forgetting that he was dirty and unshaven, he swung instinctively toward the soft invitation of its lighted windows. Sam Lester answered his knock and grumbled for him to come in. Persia sprang up from the sofa to meet him, taking both his hands. They both sat down. She looked him over possessively. Jack, it seems like ages. Was it a rough trip? Lots of riding, not much sleeping. Sam asserted petulantly that he was going to bed. He slammed the door behind him as he stalked off to the other part of the house. I interrupt something? Tesno asked. The usual evening overture, Persia said tiredly. He thinks he's in love with me. Friendship isn't possible. Why can't we be like, well, you and me, for instance? And how is that? They had never sat so close before. He touched her hand. She squeezed his fingers and smiled. Then she withdrew her hand. I want to talk, Jack. Everything is going so badly. Income has fallen off, and my debts are just overwhelming. It seems that by trying to clean up the gambling games, we've given the impression that they are all crooked. Play has fallen off terribly, and... She broke off and smiled suddenly. I keep forgetting that you're really the one responsible for my troubles. I promise I shan't say another whining word. Say all you like. Oh, Jack, it's such a ridiculous thing to be a woman. He took her hand again and reached across her and embraced her shoulder. Their eyes met, and she came against him, and her lips were warm and fervent. Far away, in the other part of the building, a door slammed, and they were alone in the night and in the world. End of chapter 9